Attention. T minus 90 seconds in counting. All systems are go. John, it's great to see you, man. What's going on? Great to see you too, man. My gosh, it has been a while since we have been together on the airwaves, and that is a beer that I would like to discuss quickly, if yes. I may. Please. I love <clears throat> ending and starting, starting and ending my night with a Guinness. Now, I can drink a whole bunch of different beers and even different alcohols in between those, yeah. but I, I love getting my night kick-started with a Guinness, and I like putting myself to bed. With a Guinness, it's the perfect, the perfect end cap and opening. It's like uh, it's the equivalent of having sex with somebody new, and you start off with a sweet kiss, and then you do all this gross stuff, and at the end you, you go back to being classy. I mean, it's just like having a nice beer is really what's what's happening. Guinness is so good though, and I don't buy it all the time. I always have it though. Like I, I'll do what you do. I always have. I always start off with a Guinness, and then I usually drink like Miller Lite for filler beer if it's like a weekend yeah. or something. Yeah. But I don't drink like five Guinnesses in a row just because it's so it's it's so heavy. Yeah. But it's like the best first beer ever. Like to, yeah, so good. It's like you don't rush it. No. But like you start feeling the effects of a Guinness after like three or four sips. You know, it's you cool. already start getting tingly. Start getting loosey goosey. It's great though because do you drink it? Do you have it in the fridge or do you drink it room temperature? It's so funny because there's so many times in college where we would usually end up at this bar that was underground. It was called The First, spelled P-H-R-Y-S-T, like real Irish. Of course. And Jackson? I, I swear, they didn't have ice and they didn't have a coolant system for their kegs because that beer was room temp. And at that stage, you just like forced it down. So yeah. like, I'm okay with a warm or a cold Guinness. I'll take it whatever way you want to give it to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I'll, I'll, I'll do the cold. I prefer the cold, but sure. some people like it room temperature. But I think the grossest instance of a Guinness temperature-wise I've ever seen was like maybe 10 years ago in Key West, uh, Captain Tony's. There was oh. this guy playing in the hot sun out in the deck like an acoustic guitar, and he had this Guinness. This, it was like a cup of Guinness. Just sitting there in the sun through the whole set. And at the end, he just picks up and he's drinking. And I'm like, that thing is like bath water right now. And he, he just like drinking it down in the hot uh, sun. And I was like, oh, I can't. I would never really even want to drink a Guinness in Key West anyway. I would get like a Corona or something. But I was like, you know, oh, I can't. I can't and they pour, they pour the beer in those plastic cups that are like wide cups. You know, they're almost like a pail. 
and you're that beer's warm within like five minutes down there because the it's not yeah. in a glass or a bottle that keeps it somewhat cold for a little while. It's just right. in this open melting cup that just sucks in the heat. Yeah, and then it, and then and it's he actually, just had it sitting there while he was playing. Yeah, he was just sitting there like basting away at the sun. You're like, it's disgusting. Like, it was just, like it was horrible. Soup. It was so gross. Um, before we get into the stuff tonight, I wanted to ask you. It's our 20 years since graduating high school. I don't know if that means anything to you. Uh, it doesn't mean anything to me. I, I didn't really think about it until I started seeing like 20 year anniversary stuff. Would you, what is your what is your you're, I'm interested to get your cinnamon on this topic. Are, do you care about that stuff? I, I, I'm wondering. Like, wh- I'm trying to gauge the temperature because some of the people I know are like, yeah, 20-year anniversary. It's going to be great. And myself, I'm kind of like, I, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to go to that thing. I don't live in Pennsylvania. So I, I, I would never uh, – what do you think about that? What's your, what's your paprika? Yeah, I'm just like you. Maybe if I was in Pennsylvania, I would go just for pure curiosity and my God, we'd have like, you know, 10 hours worth of podcast to do after that uh, for both of us, you know, right. CB West and me with Lansdale Catholic. But I have, I, I would never leave. And I hate when people say, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been 20 years. I'm like, dude, I like went to college. I lived down in Philly. I moved to Florida. Like it feels to me like it has been 20 years yeah. just because I've done a lot. Right, I'm the, sure you're the same. I mean, you fucking moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, same, same exact thing. 20 years ago. I was actually thinking about this the other day. feels like 20 years ago. Yeah. Not like, where did the time go? Uh, I think the people say that are the ones that are like still in the town. And I'm not knocking people that, that are still in the town. But I'm saying that are still like in the town and haven't really evolved that much from high school in the sense of like, you know, what they're doing and things. They probably still live really close. So it probably does go by pretty quick. But right. 20 years feels like 20 years, and I got the invite on Facebook, and it was like, uh, we're planning this for potentially going to this bar in Doylestown. I'm like, this isn't a reunion. This is going to be 10 people drinking at Stephanie's or whatever it's called now. I'd be like, remember that time? I'm like, that's not a reunion. A reunion is like at the high school itself, put on by the school with like... I picture Back to the Future, like there's a band playing and a punch bowl, and you're like, hey, I'm an astronaut now. Hey, I'm an asshole. Nice to see you. It's been 20 years. That's not like a high school reunion. I don't, I don't see like going to a bar. That's just like a gathering. I don't, have, I don't have any interest in going to a bar to hang out with people that just still hang out. It would be ideal <laughs> if, if they could entice us by having it in a remote, you know, remote location like a neutral location. And then that would get the out of towners who actually did something with their life to come and you could mingle with them. (laughs) That would make sense. And those things are always so great to, you can always lie at them if you have to like moving out of state, you could always create a number of fabrications. I did it over (sighs) Christmas. People, you know, some of my like distant relatives, I haven't seen like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a producer in LA, big things, big, because everybody's a producer. If you like, turn on a camera, you're, you're producing something. So I was like, I'm a producer. And they're like, wow, you're a producer? I'm like, yep, I'm a producer. We're producing a podcast and a YouTube episode right now. Yeah, producing. Technically, that's what it is. Yeah. It's big, you always, I think I would go over the top. Just like, what are you doing these days? It's like, I'm an astronaut. Really? You've been to space? Yep. Yep, just got back. Mars. Just got back. First two. Mars. Mars. Didn't read about it? No, you're probably not in science. <laughs> have you seen that Astra? No, neither have I. Neither did anybody. Tweet us. <laughs> did you um i felt like the, the potential of that movie was awesome and they just missed did you watch it 
No, but I, I heard, I, like, from the reviews I've heard, it's like, oh, what a cool idea. But then it's like, well, yeah, no, it's yeah. not. It's just like a long trip. It's, I was really excited to, I wanted to see that. And then I heard it was like, I think from you on the show, you said it was a real snooze. And lately I've been like, I kind of want to like watch it just to see it. Because the concept yeah, seems really interesting. And some, But everybody I've spoke to, Cutting Edge Radio, eight eight month old movie. Uh, that was a snooze. Everybody said it was. Uh, yeah, but it was starring an Oscar winner, Jerry, an Oscar winner, Brad. An Pitt. Oscar winner. Did you watch the Oscars? I did. Brad Pitt. Did. What a speech, right? Uh, yeah, of course. I expected. Uh, I, I just think he's like a smart, normal guy who happens to be beautiful. I did like a video. I did a video where I was facing the camera, and I had the TV behind me. Yeah, and, and when they announced the winner of like the last five or six awards, I would just react. And I saw it. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, it was fantastic. It was fun with the Bong Joon Ho winning like three in a row. I was like absolutely surprised. Instead of like angry or or happy, I was just like shocked. Good for him too. You know, he seems so cool. I love how he, yeah. he just kept he just kept referencing how he wanted to just go get drunk. Yeah, yeah. He just you just want it's kind of like he just wanted to hang out with them. And you're like, he's a good dude. And Trump, not to make it political, said something ridiculous about that. And and did you see the production company tweeted back? Like, we're surprised he said that, given that the president can't read. And I was like, good for you. Good for you. Like the the production company, not like the director, but like the people that are supposed to be like buttoned up and everything. I was like, good for you. That's what like corporations need to do is start like being cool. Doing this. Doing that yeah. to, to that dope. You know, he said a couple, maybe a year ago or two years ago, when a movie, that, what's, what was that black and white movie? Was, the Artist. He was like, they're giving our Oscars to the Mexicans. And then this year, he's like, give it to some Chinese person. <laughs> even though Yeah, why Korean. is he so racist? And then his rebuttal was, let's get gone with the wind back, which first of all, is almost 100 years old. It's like a racist movie. And it's like kind of overrated, but I I don't understand the point. It's so old. Like I I wouldn't agree with him. I don't agree with him, but I would get it if he's like, let's bring Jurassic Park back or Star Wars or something or what's an Oscar winner, Forrest Gump or something like that. You're like, okay, people like that. But Gone with the Wind, like who's even watching these? Dude, what, it's that's the, an old reference. It's the equivalent to saying, and I'm gonna get these kids to get their pants up up around their waists. <laughs> you know, like he's so playing to the, his audience of. <laughs> of dinosaurs you and your 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 fancy haircuts with your la looks gel and your british knights glowing sneakers we're gonna go back to slacks your nintendo power pads <laughs> but gone with the wind first of all he's never i know he's never seen that movie i can promise you trump's never seen that four-hour film from 1939 second of all what is that reference gone with the wind like what do you mean bring it back are we going to re-release it and it's going to win an oscar again what does that mean the things that he says that aren't even political are mean, and that's all it is. It's like that's I don't, I don't care if the new person, the Democratic nominee, is Bernie or or Warren or Buttigieg. Any of them will be better than who that guy is because they're not mean. That's right. all it is. Yeah. Even Bloomberg, they're going to be nice too. They're just even, nice, even in the face of adversity. It's like the president should almost not even really be 
that like seen and heard from. He should almost kind of just be tucked away, making very important decisions without time to tweet a hundred times a day about foreign films. <laughs> you got you you got a new camera there. No, no, it's the Holy old one. But, but there's something weird with the setting, so it looks a little different. It looks a little fisheye. It, yeah, it's yeah. There's something fishy about it. People. It, it is fisheye. I don't know what's going on, and I don't know how to fix it. So I guess I'll just talk like a fish. It looks cool. The the, the Oscars though were cool. I like Joaquin Phoenix. First of all, they got it right with him winning, obviously. Second of, of all, I really liked his speech. I know he got criticism because not everybody's vegan. And, and everybody gets uncomfortable when the word tit is, is said. God forbid. I mean, I'm offended. But, like, good I mean, for nothing, him. Nothing he said wasn't true. He, he like, yeah, he walked and he, he preaches exactly what he believes in. And he, like, the day after, you know, he rescued, like, a cow and everything. But here he is. He's been a vegan his whole life. He believes in saving animals, not eating them, all that. He's not a dick about it. He, you know, he's, like... I, really, I never knew that. He's very cool about it. He's, like, when he rescued the... The two cows, the calf and the cow the day after, he was very kind to, like, the owner of the meat slaughtering plant and then, like, said that we're not too different. And he's not like, you know, fuck you. And, and, but, right, but he, right. here's, here's a guy that has the most eyes he'll ever have on him at one moment in his entire life, most likely. Like, that's not a film. And he uses that platform to, like, talk what he believes in. Like, how badass is that, you know? Right, I know. And like that goes back to why I applaud Colin Kaepernick for kneeling during the national anthem because that's his platform to make a fucking statement nonviolently. But it was interesting that Joaquin when Joaquin Phoenix I gotta be honest, when he started going into the cow thing, I wasn't uncomfortable, but I was uncomfortable for him because of how the weirdos and the people that get get like nauseous I, you know like i'm like uh oh stop 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 you're gonna get right. crushed for this people are gonna flip out but like it wasn't that bad no yeah I, I was a, you feel said a little uneasy anyway. yeah you feel a little uneasy when he was doing that because you're because of how he's gonna be perceived right by like, like the weirdos and stuff like all, that. yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna like hear what you're saying here they're just gonna hear words they're not gonna like get the message right yeah they're just it's gonna get muddled I thought it was. I thought it was great, though. I, I'm not even like a huge Oscars fan, but it was. I thought it was really good. I think Chris Rock and Steve Martin should just come back and host until the end of time, or you know, until they don't want to do it anymore. Them in the beginning, it was so good. He's like, oh, oh well, yeah, it's a sort of a demotion. <laughs> sort of a demotion. <laughs> They're just so great. The two of them too. The chemistry is. is oh my phenomenal. gosh, who would have like seen that? You know, he. It's like two totally different comedians. Like they could. There's like different genres within the genre of comedy, you know, like what Steve Martin did and what Chris Rock did are so far apart. Oh, yeah. You know, it's as great. far as stand up routine. So I just I think they would be amazing as hosts or even like semi hosts. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. The timing would have been better if Weinstein was convicted right around the Oscars because that would have added all this fodder and stuff. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. But but in the same way, I think it's kind of good that it didn't cloud the event with that bullshit. Did you see that? I, mean, I know you've, you've heard about it, but... Yeah. Did yeah. You... He got, he, he got like acquitted of something, and I was like, how? Because it feels like they're like 2 plus 2 equals 4, but it doesn't always. So like if he's charged with like assault, this, this, and this, then it's like he's acquitted of conspiracy to commit assault. It's like, 
well, he thought about it. Isn't he conspiring with himself because he's the boss? That's what I thought. I think what happened, I say this when I was on a jury, uh, it wasn't a rape case, but it was, a, it was an assault case. The Harvey Weinstein jury came back as saying there was a deadlock, meaning somebody didn't uh, convict. They were saying not guilty. So the judge is like, you got to go back until you get a unanimous vote. And then yeah. they came back with two charges guilty and then the other one or three charges, whatever, the other one not guilty. When I was on the jury, it was the same thing. It was some idiot that was like, oh, I'm not guilty. I can't put someone in jail. I'd feel bad. And then we're like, and I, I said to, the, to her, I was like, well, why don't we do not guilty on this charge and the other one, the lesser ones? That way it won't be as bad. And I think that's what happened here is there's always some idiot that's like uh, not guilty. It's like, come on. I know. It's like that's really? why our that's where our system is broken. And we've talked about this on the show a million times. But it's like yes. a, a jury of our peers is a group of asses. At least half right. of them are nitwits. The smart people get out of it. Going to a jury by coming up with a good excuse to get to work. Right, right. We're taking like mid level and bottom of the barrel intelligence here. <laughs> it's so crazy, too. But yeah, it is broken. I feel like the jury system needs to be like, why can't they do something where you vote on it? You know, you put like a hundred people and they vote on it, you know, different from different walks of life on a secure website with a code that they have to enter and you, they could stream the, the, the trial or. I know that's like logistically that's a nightmare, but somehow there has to be a better way that just 12 people are locked in for weeks and then it's up to these 12 people. And it who... has to be unanimous. That's ridiculous. It should just be the majority. Right. It's like, it's like, and who wants to be a millionaire? <clears throat> Whenever you would go for the audience help, just go with the highest percentage. And it was, you were always right. Yeah, that makes it, it, it makes the majority more sense. will make the right decision. It makes more sense. Just what you said. Forget like the online thing. Just the make it the majority. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ten people back, out of twelve. Back to the Oscars. I yeah. loved. I loved how uh, one of my favorite directors and writers and uh, I guess writer, director, producer Taika Waititi, who I found yeah. uh, after uh, Thor Ragnarok and went back and watched like everything he's done. Ragnarok. And he's so, he's just got such a unique style, unique humor. And I can't wait for <clears throat> Thor love and thunder, but he got an Oscar for Jojo rabbit, which yeah, to me, it was like a movie that was spinning four plates and one plate was sadness. One plate was just disbelief. One plate was, humor and one plate was twist that smashes you right in the belly that's a and great analogy the way he pulled off that movie it was like a miracle and uh, just the idea of it like it could have just been a straight comedy or a straight drama but he like blends it together and the fact that he's playing an imaginary friend who's adolf hitler to top it all off is just amazing it's such a good movie I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm I'm curious about it, and you're. I always respect your opinion with the. It's mind blowing. Theatrical film. So I'm gonna. Is it really? You're you're it, a big fan. So, like you would watch it again, kind of kind of thing. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't wait till it's on one of the things so I can watch it again because it's just so unique. Even the dialogue, it's so like Tarantino, but more intelligent. You know, like they get real deep, but it's real fast. Yeah. So I oh, want to really? watch it again. Yeah, because this kid's in the Nazi youth. Jojo Rabbit. Right, yeah. yeah. The but premise. it was 
but his mother is hiding a Jew girl about his age in their attic, hiding the girl from the Nazis and from her son. And then Jojo, the main character, the boy, he finds her, but he keeps her a secret too. And they start like talking and he's like, wait a minute. So you are a human being? Like you, you do breathe air because she's a Jew and he's like a young kid and he's been like brainwashed that they're like another species. He's like, where are your horns? Oh, like, yeah. You don't get them till we're 21. Making up yeah. shit, like fucking with them. That's hilarious. That's awesome, though. Yeah, man. It's so a flick. He won the Jojo Oscar. Rabbit. I was really happy about that. Now his name's popping up everywhere that like he's going to do this movie and that movie, and he's going to take over Star Wars franchise, and he's going to do Deadpool 3. It's like... It's on fire. It's, it's lies. I mean, it's just lies. He's, right. He's doing it's, the Thor sequel, and that's and a show on Showtime. It's Hollywood fodder. Right. It's clickbait, clickbait at its slimiest. I love clickbait at its slimiest when it's like, uh, I, th- this week with the Harvey Weinstein thing, it was all these like what ifs, and Harvey Weinstein is going to die in jail. Maybe if the sentencing on April 11th goes here, it's like, okay, he probably is, but like, come on, like it's just so it's so shameless. It's funny. It's I remember the, uh, <clears throat> on the radio when I was on the air in State College, Pennsylvania, on. Uh, what were we called? 98.7 Quick Rock Rock That Really Rocks. Uh, rocks. State College's Rock Station. We did um, – what the hell was I talking about? I got caught up in that damn tagline. Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Clickbait. Oh, 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 okay. And I took um, an issue of the, the Daily Collegian. I think that was just the Daily Student Newspaper. And the headline was – the headline was – developments downtown and i was like ooh and the article was why aren't there any developments downtown <laughs> it's so funny it was like with the recent closing of this place and that place we're slowly losing our 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 state college college ave hotspots should we get a new bar or is 25 enough who knows <laughs> It's so great and shameless. It's like the president arrested for murder, and then you click on it. It's like, would be a fantastic idea for a subplot in the new season of Ozark, and you're like, ah, it's very misleading. What is this? It's just so great. It's terrible. I I did a video on on that last night, this uh, website called Cheat Sheet. They did a report that – they did a report that Marvel is eyeing Taika Waititi (laughs) to do Deadpool 3. I'm like – well, what do you mean they're eyeing? They could be eyeing Alfred Hitchcock. They're eyeing everything. They're, they're eyeing Steven Spielberg. Like, yeah. who can, you, like that's just such a non-story. Yeah, Disney eyes everything. So that's right. Disney's eyeing your life. Well, uh, of, that's so true. Yes. Speaking of, speaking of Disney, uh, we will get into the comic book movie preview for 2020 into 2021 in just a second. But I wanted to mention that Bob Iger... Uh, at the end of his contract in 2021, will be stepping down as CEO at Disney. I know this is old news, but the guy taking his place, Chapek. Yeah, Bob, the parks guy. Another Bob. Yeah, the parks guy. Like, I don't know if you've been to one of the Disney worlds or lands in the last t- 20 years, but that place grows at a rate that nothing else is even can even sniff its nose hairs. There's not a better... <laughs> There's not a better oiled machine than of those. Amusement parks. It's a routine that is down like a science. If you spit on the ground, somebody will clean that up in 30 seconds. I was taking a piss at Disneyland in July of 2016. 
and uh, I had a birthday pin on it. A guy cleaned in the bathroom. It was like, happy birthday. And I was like, whoa, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Man. It was very kind. I wasn't actually peeing when he said that. I was washing my hands. But the, 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 it's a well-oiled machine. And the fact that he stepped down, when I first read that, I was like, please don't be anything like sexual harassment. But I was like, I it's know. Disney. Did you think that too? Or like we're skeptical, like why is he stepping down? Well, at first I thought it was fake. And then I kept seeing it at like the reputable trades. And so I believed it. I was like, oh, wow. And then they had like a name. The fact that they had a name that's replacing him, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is legit. And at first I was like, it's the amusement park guy? And then I started thinking about how insane. <laughs> I mean, Disney is the king of amusement parks, and there are only peasants below them. There is no queen. There is no jack. There is no ace. Right. It, 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 there True. is nothing that will – in like the history of humankind, Disney will go down as the greatest amusement park in existence. You'll never have a bad time there, even if you're sick, which I was when I was seven. I had strep throat, and I, I, I was at Disney World, and I still had a great time. At the hospital, I was like, this was a great day. Even uh, if it's overly crowded with the morbid obese – the with the pre-diabetics and the post-diabetes. Also, too, uh, Bob Iger. Oh no, the the Disney the Disney theme park revenue is still Disney's number one source of income, pa- surpassing all the movies and merchandise. Like, they still uh, clean up, and because uh, it's two hundred dollars a day. Right, it's insane, but like, it's kind of worth. It's a little overpriced, but for what you're getting, there's no way they could keep that ship floating for like. $30 tickets. It would... No, we overpay for the top entertainment. Uh, you know, for and like you get it. Elite entertainment. And you overpay, but why wouldn't you? Right. You're gonna, you people over... are going to pay that no matter what. People overpay all the time for top performance. You know, cars, motorcycle, uh, handjob. Toiletries. <laughs> handjobs. And also, too, yeah. Bob Iger's toiletries. I know, what, what are these toiletries? Iger stepped down is kind of, I guess a, a, it's good for him. I, I say it like I know him, but he's like a six. He's like sixty-seven. He's almost seventy. He's like probably like it's time to step out and like enjoy the rest of my life. I mean, he's worth so much money. And in the one hundred years of Disney's existence, they've had seven CEOs, and he's giving. And he had been getting this ball rolling seven years ago, and. While he was at Disney, he acquired Pixar, he acquired Marvel, he acquired Lucasfilm, and he launched Disney Plus. Yeah, God, Godspeed, and and the stock price because of all that stuff he did has just went like this every year. Oh, like it's never bu- down. If you bought shares even twenty years ago for like a hundred dollars, let's say you let's say you bought like ten thousand in shares. You're you're talking like three hundred thousand dollars in shares or something crazy today. Like you, they make so much money for the people involved, and you see that you see that in the film. They spare no expense with everything. They just marketing budget, you know, special effects, theme parks. Can they don't you half-ass imagine, anything. Can you imagine the vetting process they put the people that they hire? And I'm I'm talking if you're selling beer in Canada at Epcot. Or if you're taking the ticket at the front door, or you're a character, the interview process is insane. I is imagine. It? I imagine. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I knew a girl who actually got a job working in Mexico, in Epcot, and nice. I I basically answered her her like 
I wrote, I rewrote her essay for her in like perfect English. And cause you know, she, she spoke English, but she learned by listening to Marshall Mathers LP. So <laughs> it was, it wasn't perfect. Proper King's English. The proper, the Queen's alphabet. So I rewrote it for her and she got the job, but I, nice. I broke up with her long after that. But my brother saw her there when he was like on vacation with his wife. Like he saw her. Like she actually did get a job there, working in really? Mexico as a genuine Mexicano. That was the chick you went to like to see at Mexico City. Yes, when I lived in Mexico City for a week. It'll be funny if it wasn't her, and you're like, no, I dated like thirty Mexicans, and you're like, whoa, that's awesome though. But <sighs> yeah, but but I but, imagine it's insane. I'd imagine it's crazy because everyone uh, is awesome there. Yeah. And they're making the Jungle Cruise movie. The only Jungle Cruise? Oh, really? Oh, that's like the ride that's like shut down still. It's just like taking up space, right? No, it actually, ironically, this week, it did shut down for a few hours because one of the boats sank and like the fire department had to rescue people. But then Disney, being the well-oiled machine, made sure everybody had a good time, meaning let's not have any lawsuits. Nobody yeah. got hurt. I'm sure Sweep they got free passes the for a year. And the ride was back and operating at like two hours after I, a boat sank. I can't believe that wasn't like news. I read it reading about the Jungle Cruise movie and one of the sub threads was like, boat sinks a Jungle Cruise. I'm like, kind of a big deal. You know yeah. what the ride is, right? You go through and there's like the fake elephants splashing you, squirting you with water. Well, I was reading about the movie with The Rock, who's like going to be in every Disney action movie and Jumanji kind of movie for the next like 10 years. So he's and doing he's gonna, he, he, he's going to be the main antagonist and get a solo film of Shazam as Black Adam. Which I could see that, right? Oh my gosh, they've been writing this movie since 2009 and then Rock's career got a little busy. Yeah, it got a little crazy. The guy does a movie like Kevin Hart used to do movies. It's like every other day. Every other month he's like in a new movie. It's insane. Uh, but he's yeah, the, the, he's lackable. So uh, lackable. Jungle Cruise, though. I don't know why I'm talking about Jungle Cruise. Yeah, but it did, it did break down this week, and they had to like get I people off you, the ride. I bet you Disney pays so much to just shove that down to the bottom basement of the internet so nobody sees it and no one talks about it. Oh, yeah. Look at even like, the, the rare flops they have films, like John Carter, Lone Ranger. People aren't, those aren't making lists of like worst movies ever. They kind of just get buried. I'm surprised uh, that John Carter tanked. Yeah. Because it's a really popular book. I guess Tom Cruise's. I also think Disney's version of flops is different than other studios. They're flops. They just lose a lot of money, but people are still seeing them. They don't really have like a lot of critically panned films where people are like, this is the worst thing ever. I mean, no. they're they're still pretty good, even their worst ones. They're still an entertaining story. That it's not like this is awful. They ne they rarely miss, right? You know, they rarely miss. God, they got the best people working for them. They really do. And they do. The happiest place on earth. Uh, all started. Imagine if he kept. I I still believe if he didn't change the mouse's name to Mickey, and kept him as Mortimer. We would be living in a different world right now. I don't even know if that world would exist right now. Right. Apes would be controlling the planet. It exactly. Would just, it would be terrible. Mortimer Mouse. Uh, what, is, what is your take on uh, the lineup for 2020 with 
these new films. I only stuck by my black toe there. My black toe. Oh my gosh. Know. Frostbite. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh my gosh. But it's very exciting. I, I, I'll let you discuss this because you know more about it than I, than I will, of course. But I'm really curious about The King's Man. What, what is that? Oh my gosh. I said I don't know what that is either, but I believe it's the, the King's Men... It's a sequel to that because I I thought oh. I saw I thought I saw familiar faces, but I've never seen that movie, so I, I I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know. I didn't know it was a comic book movie. If it is, it's not Marvel or DC. At least I hope not, because then I'm a bit of a fraud. <laughs> it's not. No, uh, they they I read an article on well the YouTube description, and it said it's based on the comic series something something, but it wasn't either. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Uh, but it, but the, but the bookshop from Kingsman was in a shot, so I was like, oh, it's it's probably a sequel. But it doesn't. Re- um, you don't really like know that off the bat. It's, or maybe kind a of prequel. Maybe a prequel. I think it might maybe be a prequel instead like of like Band. right, like the first one. That's probably what it. Yeah, because it's World War One, so that's probably what it is. Oh, that's what it is. Duh. That's right, because those planes they had like the old like Red Baron planes in the trailer. Look at us. Now I'm kind of excited. Now I'm interested to, to go see the original because when does King's Men come out? Is it uh, March or April? Do you have that in front of you? I may. I do. But I, I skipped over it because I, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about it. Yep. I'm not really excited about it. But if it's a prequel set in World War One and it's about the original King's Man, I might well, be a little more excited we missed the that bomb, John, because it was released on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so that is Ray Fiennes easily. It says Ray Fiennes easily slips in through, slips into their exceptionally tailored suits. It also slipped through our uh, lexicon of knowing that was even out because it's been out for two weeks. Oh, man. I think I remember that because I was at the movies not too long ago and I saw oh, uh, The Gentleman. And I was like, wait, the Kingsman? <clears throat> oh, the no, it didn't come gentleman. out. Because I saw The Gentleman, and that was fucking cool as hell. The ge- Oh, you did see that. With McConaughey and Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. He was awesome. He was so good. It was, it was nothing like that it looks weirdo great. Jax Teller. Oh, it looks great. I, I correct myself. It, the release date is September 18th. That okay. website... Uh, that I was looking at with those lists says release date February 14th and it looks like it was pushed back so that's why uh, it is yes it is in the uh, Kingsman universe it's exactly what you predicted but yeah September 20- September 18th is when it's coming out that's according to the official website so it's okay it's, it's legitimate well most recently uh, we will get into what's coming uh, out in uh, June and beyond that in a bit, but on March 13th, Vin Diesel's Bloodshot will hit theaters. Bloodshot comes from Valiant Comics. Yes. This guy used to work for Marvel, and he was nuts. Like, he was this, like, dictator. Like, if you're late, you're fired. If it's too many words, you're fired. If it's not enough words, you're fired. But apparently like, while he was there, it was like their most successful run and like just most diligent uh, process. Who's this? Dave Wilson? 
No, I believe his name is Jim Shooter. Pew, pew, pew. Shooter McGavin. Uh, he was the editor-in-chief of Marvel in the 80s. Uh, he, he actually wanted to buy Marvel, and he got like a bunch of investors from like Germany, and Marvel just kept turning them down. So he just created his own comic book company called Valiant Comics, and he wanted Valiant to be like this new age, you know, we're going to redefine the landscape. Lots so, of cutting edge, like lots of like sharp edges of the illustrations probably. Like when they tried to do the Batman cartoon series, remember it was all like sleek and sharp. Was it yeah. like that kind of thing? Like they tried to be futuristic? Yeah, it was like... Yeah, the big chins that could cut you in half. Well, Ow, no, your elbow just killed me. It was, like, it was a, a touch of, of art change, but it was mostly... Um, you know, he was kind of like... His idea was to like look at what Marvel and DC are doing and do what they're not doing. So... Uh, he kind of started the anti-hero push. Um, I mean, nice. So the Dark Knight Returns came out in go six, right? No, so that it came out in two thousand ten, right? No, not not the movie, because that movie was called The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, two thousand. Then oh, then the uh, you talking about the, the comic book? Yeah, The Dark Knight Returns was like the first time Batman was like fucking jacked and like yes. in darkness and like it's rainy and he's gray and blue and there's no robin and he's like a detective that 86. was six like, whoa there's no like super colorful superman and wonder woman anymore it's like this badass batman who's a human it but humanized it but before that in 1971 gwen stacy spider-man's first girlfriend died and that was that was the first time that like a hero lost and and lost a loved one at the same time. So yeah, it humanizes the the experience. This dude named Kevin Van Hook introduced the I- idea of Bloodshot to Jim Shooter. He's like, yo, he's like a blend of like Punisher and Wolverine. He's got like healing ability. He's like this. He's like this mobster. He falls in love with the mobster, the boss's daughter. Uh, and then he accidentally cheats on her. The boss tries to kill him. Angelo uh, be- becomes an informant to the FBI to, for, like, safety. However, some of the FBI agents were uh, on his boss's payroll. So instead of transporting him to a safe house, they sent him to Japan, where we- he becomes part of Project Rising Spirit. Ah. Project Rising Spirit is no different than Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. from Marvel. <laughs> and they're trying to create super soldiers. Like, they're trying to make this enhanced serum and in this it's like a nanite infused blood called the blood of heroes that old hollywood story of robotic blood and over and over again it's all you hear about rehashed and redone it's just the same idea what was it called nanotech 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 infused blood and nanotech is how, how Iron Man's suit just like, like just yeah. forms and then disappears, you know. They're, they're microscopic uh, robots technology yeah. that could like fuse together and do stuff. It's a real thing, not it, like on that level, but yeah, they it, like yeah, it? yeah. It's like they actually it's in their bloodstream, so it's like whatever he thinks it can like make. It's pretty close. It's amazing. Um, it's going to be a reality too, not to not to derail, but nanotechnology with clinical trial stuff and bloodstreams and testing cures is already happening. 
like in the next 10 years, you're going to see more and more about uh, descriptions of like, yo, this little vehicle we're going to inject in your arm is going to go and like wipe out all these cancer cells and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's like the basis of the movie uh, I Am Legend. Remember nanotechnology? Would they do it to cure cancer, but then it went wrong and it kept speeding up your cells till you like mutated? Uh, yes. But it's like it's like a real thing. I know. We're like right there. It's like if we could just get the proper funding for research so from the dopes in charge. All right, let's not get sidetracked. Nanotech. So uh, basically, uh, this character would uh, get injected with the, the shit and. They would, he woke up with amnesia. So, like, it worked. Like, he became like this Captain America, like, jacked super soldier. But he was, he didn't even know who he was. So, they start like downloading false memories into his brain. And they'd be like, yo, this guy killed your wife. You got to go kill him. So, he would go out and kill him. And then he'd come back and they'd wipe his memory again and load a new false memory in there. Like, yo, this guy killed your brother. Go kill him. So eventually, resetting the slate. Eventually, he breaks away and you know does his own thing. And they send like half-ass versions of him out to like kill him, and he just takes them down as he's trying to like piece together who the f he is. So it's like Robocop. It's real. Yeah, like you don't know what reality is. Like it feels like uh, the this movie's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for Vin Diesel to be in an intelligent movie because he is an, uh, he's an entertaining actor. He's just been in movies where you're like, oh, he that's is a good impossible. actor. No, he gets typecast because he's like the tough guy that's like, I'm here to kick your, kick your ass the day I die. And he like, but he's, he, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He was discovered by Steven Spielberg. Like, he's a talented dude. You know, that's how he got his career. Steven Spielberg saw him in something. And was like, he's a great actor. Let's put him in Saving Private Ryan. And that's like well, kind of launched his career. But do, is now, it not unlike now, uh, RoboCop? How RoboCop they they keep uh, resetting like his timeline, and they send him out like let's let's tweak him, make him more violent, and let's do that. Is it kind of like that? Not I the storyline, but like I don't know if they can like tweak him or anything. But they, you know, they just make him angrier, or or they just in they just keep putting in like memories fake memories that make him go on a killing streak wow and like the whole time he's like oh wait like what's real like you don't know what's real he doesn't know what's real like the comic story is pretty sounds awesome yeah that sounds that sounds crazy then uh in the supply demand flop of comics in the uh late 90s mid to late 90s when a whole bunch of people were collecting them in hopes that in like a couple years they'd become really uh valuable like baseball cards yeah i was gonna say like baseball cards and the comic book industry like noticed that so they started just like pumping out crap like not quality quantity and archie and never and the industry suffered so these guys were like in deep shit that he had like no money to save him i think uh uh what's the guy's name some super rich oh Ike Perlmutter came in and bought Marvel, oh, yeah. and uh, Acclaim Entertainment bought Valiant, Valiant Comics. <clears throat> they used to make WWF oh. video games. Yes, I was going to say, they're the video game company. Yes. Uh, and then in the summer of 2012, Funny. somebody, yeah, Acclaim, uh, but like Acclaim folded because WWF got out of their business and started doing business with someone else. 
I can't remember who. I think it was like whoever Nintendo 64's games were made by. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. They, they, someone came in and saved them. But then uh, in, the, in the summer of 2012, uh, it, it, Valiant did something uh, coinciding with DC's New 52 and uh, Marvel's Marvel Now. Uh, they reintroduced Bloodshot. His name was Angelo Martelli, but his real name was Raymond Garrison. Garrison. And, uh, so he was a soldier roped into the uh, PRS. The uh, what the hell did that stand for again? Project Rising Spirit. Yes. Uh, where they wanted to brainwash super soldiers, aka Bucky Barnes. So Captain America is the unbrain is well. Captain America is the super soldier, but he's good. They don't like fuck with his brain. Russia yeah, they creates can't fuck with him. Russia creates a super soldier, but also brainwashes him to to follow command based on like nine key words, who happened happened to be uh, Captain America's like boyhood friend. I think the nine key words should be like vodka, Trotsky, breadline, and they're like, wow, you're really being stereotypical here, the communist with the Cold War references. So Russia created a super look soldier up, as well. To look up the words, Bucky brainwash. Or, you know, like keywords or whatever. Bucky brainwash. Yeah, like words. All right. Like phrases? Because some, it's just one, it's just like a single word, another word, another word. It's like nine, like, I can't Logging, remember. rusted, yeah, 17, long, rusted daybreak, stuff. furnace, yes. benign, homecoming, and freight car. Freight car. I, and I, I love in the search results, they give you the Russian spelling right next to it. Oh, like it's course. synonymous. It's right there. Like so, you could, because uh, he says it in Russian in the movie, and they give you the English uh, translation. And it's cool because that is from Captain America, uh, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. And then they do it again, I think, in Captain America: Civil I War. I remember that when Spider-Man shows up, and then his movie Spider-Man: Homecoming comes out a year later. Who played? Uh, who was the actor yeah. that played played him in Winter Soldier? He's a good-looking dude. It's the guy. Uh, 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 fuck. Uh, just type in, you know, actor yeah. Buck, Bucky Barnes. Only there was a way to for me to search this. Yeah, I know. I'm like, aren't you right there? Um, because there's talk of him playing a younger Luke Skywalker, because he looks just like Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Oh, if you look at him, he's got the blue yeah. eyes. <laughs> he could. He could totally pull that off. Yeah, he's just got to shave his black beard. By the way, not to derail us, the planet, uh, what is it, Tatooine? Tatooine, yes. Tatooine uh, is still standing in the Moroccan desert. You you need to do a comic, uh, comic John there before the, the, the sand is starting to take over. Like It's starting oh, to build no. up. It's going to go under. But it's still there from 1977 when they build it, or 76 really? when they actually build it. It's still the Moroccan desert. It's off the beaten path, so it's not like destroyed and they reused it when they went back for phantom menace it was all still standing and in actually pretty good condition because it's so far away from like the the next city that like people are going there it's just a tourist spot that's all i'm gonna say i mean drills oh no Forget i gotta it. go in morocco i'd have always wanted to go to africa yeah africa right um yeah. so you Plus know the rates. He, 
He's got enhanced speed and agility and healing like, you know, Wolverine. But nothing about his life seems real. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where he goes, I'm going to avenge my wife. But that could just be a fake thing and he could never have had a wife. You know, like you're trying to figure out what's real just like he is. Uh, it feels like a lot to smash into a movie uh, and culminating with none of it's real. All of these lives he's had, none of them are real. And it's like now a thinking man's movie. Now he's going to take out those who made him think they were real. So cool. with the success of Venom, the success of Joker, it's a rising trend of villains and anti-heroes. You know, Thanos is like so developed in those two movies as a villain, like way more than anyone. So it's an interesting time. But oh, yeah. I, be- I believe it's mainly just because superheroes fight the bad guy and win. Without an interesting villain, you're you're boring. Yeah, you know you have to have a counterpart. Every everything must have an opposite. It would be an, it would be an it only works interestingly enough if you make the superhero super flawed. Uh, right. Where that their the villain is their flaws, like Hancock or something like that. Where you're like, there's it's a hopeless guy with issues and. That's like that's like the only time it really works, uh, and if you know what I mean. But if it's like bat, if it was just Batman fighting like, you know, some guy robbing a Seven Eleven, you're like, good, he he got him very quickly. Right. Good for you. It's like you have to have these interesting characters, and they're the evolution of it is is they have to keep topping itself. So it's just going to keep getting better and better. Look at Joker, 1989 versus 2019. I mean, it's just going. It, it's a it's a huge black hole that just you have to have to keep pumping stuff into it. It it works. I know, and I just think that the development of the bad guys is not it's not as a, a sign of our times, but it's the evolution of storytelling in the superhero world, you know, like what we were just talking about, what happened back in 95 or 85 when Jack Kirby drew Batman totally different and told a totally different style of story. This is the next step after that. It's like, no, yes. the, the villains are the main characters now. Even Morbius yeah. is getting a movie. And that will come out. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But after Bloodshot, we're back in this weird space in the film world, uh, the superhero film world, where basically everything other than Sony is owned by Marvel because Disney bought Fox. So now everybody from the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, Deadpool, uh, everybody that they were missing is now under one mouse-eared house. And everyone's trying to predict when is this guy going to show up, when is that guy going to, you know, whatever. But then... yeah. All of a sudden, after years of like, yeah, we're going to do it. Nah, never mind, we're not. No, 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 it's going to happen. Never never mind, never mind. And then all of a sudden, a trailer drops of New Mutants, which is basically the X-Men's first batch of children in their school at the mansion, the X-Mansion or whatever it is, School for the Gifted. Yeah, and, and it stars Maisie Williams from like five years ago, like mid Game of Thrones. Like she looks like a little kid in the trailers. It's weird, but they finally have an April third release date. I am really excited about this movie because of the villains yet again that are in it. There's something called like a 
a magic sword or like a soul sword. I think that's what it is, soul sword. And I don't know what the soul hell sword. that is. I don't know a lot about the X-Men. You know, like I've seen them all, but I don't I didn't read a lot about them. So I don't know much about their lore. You did study the canon as well as other films. No, but I do Go. know like most of them, but I don't know yeah. like deep cuts. More than most. You know more than most. Go back to what you said about the villains <laughs> and how like the villains are the main thing now. Uh, it works very well, and I think the timing's very good. Uh, it's it would be unsustainable in the past like twenty years to keep making the same movies the way they they did in like two thousand two or two thousand three. Uh, you kind of root for the villains at some point; they're more relatable. Yeah. Um, it, it would be like silly. It would be like showing like nineteen sixties Penguin uh, today if they if they didn't do that. But you're making them more relatable, which in turn I think makes them scarier and more believable. Because you're like, wow, that, that, that happened to me. But I, I never wanted to like wipe out a school or a hospital or something like that. It's the evolution, I think, in my opinion, I'm not as traversed as you, is on par with the storylines of the films. They're making them, you know, coexist well. They're not they, they age very nicely, I guess is the way to put it. I would it works. Uh, I would venture to say yes. pop culture yes. pop culture started this heavy anti-hero push well it was it was the most you know propelling force to get this underway and i'll show you i'll list many examples that followed but the one and only man from new jersey tony soprano was really the big super popular anti-hero that yes Yes. at times he was fucking frightening no that is so true you know and then house followed the doctor who was like a fucking rule and then jack bauer even he was constantly breaking the law but it was like you were rooting for him and then jack's teller i mean jack bauer 24 no But then, I mean, Heisenberg, you know, Walter White from Breaking Bad, you know, even Nancy Botwin from Weeds. I mean, she was a drug dealer, but you loved her. Dexter. uh, uh, Who's the guy? Ray Donovan. He's a fucking hitman. Yeah. Yeah, you fell for it, though. You're so right, too. What you said is so true. I never thought about it that way. Tony Soprano is the first. It was, uh, he's the first one that, he controlled this big mafia family, and every film up until 1999 was like, you know, it's order and honor. He's going to kill you. But then it's like, I have problems. He's seen us. He's breaking all the. He's they're breaking all the rules. They're they're breaking all the molds that, you know, cinema and and storytelling put down, and they change the game and, and they make you like, just think more about like yourself, you know, because you're like, oh my gosh, like he's so fucked up, but he's trying to get help. But he's breaking the law. He's a mob boss. He murders people. But, but he's he goes going, home at the end of the day. Right. And then he takes his daughter to college, uh, to visit colleges. And it's just, it was genius. And it's genius. That's why I don't it think it wasn't, it's not that he was the first, but he was like just such a, was the, a, a, a was shift. Popular. Like it was just like a giant chunk broke off. And now it's like, oh. <gasps> Behind this wall is like this cool idea where we make the main character a criminal. Right. Yeah. And, and it works. It works so well. It also adds to their dark traits, too, because you're like, wow, they can still like go home for dinner and talk about 
you know, the kids screwing up at school, but then they're going to like whack somebody the next day. Like, how can you balance those two in a normal life? You know, like it, it adds to the depth of like their insanity and stuff. It's, it's amazing. One of the most, one of the most successful spinoff TV shows of all time currently in its fifth season is the criminal lawyer that the criminals in Breaking Bad hire. Saul Goodman. Better Call Saul is huge and it wins all these awards it's it's amazing and usually usually in the past two spinoffs were like just good for the fans of the original they kind of fizzled out like you know for the for the most part for tv at least yeah but better call saul is cleaning up and Dude, it's just going to keep going I, that I, universe I, is, is going to keep going forever i know and they said in this season you see a lot more familiar faces but in the last season it's going to cross over uh, breaking Bad and bring you to like the present present like today. Oh shit! I, I know Odenkirk talked a lot about it on Jimmy Kimmel. It was weird. He like kept he got into like detail. Oh yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, yeah. he broke I, it. He uh, broke it down. It's not that it's better than Breaking Bad, but you can tell that David yeah. Gilligan just has more experience because it is so like flawless almost. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's impossible to say. Well, it's not as good as Breaking Bad. No, nothing will be as good as Breaking Bad. No, it, Sopranos it, is the only thing better than Breaking Bad. Um, and yeah, that's argue. That's arguable. Better, better I mean, Call Saul has nothing that would ever make it better than Breaking Bad because they don't have anything better than Heisenberg. They don't have anything better than Walter White. And no, it won't sit happen. There for, right. You could do a Sopranos spinoff. That's great, and it would never be as good because it's Tony Soprano. You could do a Sons of Anarchy spinoff. That's terrible because Sons of Anarchy was terrible. <laughs> the oh. Bayans. Nobody watches that shit. No. That, that was st- canceled, right? I start. I think so. Yeah, after two seasons, I think uh, I started watching what we do in the shadows. Dude, How it's this. It? It's this like spoof vampire uh, Count Dracula. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jed by, watches that by Taika Waititi. It's it's like goofy, but it's not good enough. For the limited time I have, right? You know, what I, you know what I mean. Not worth the time investment. I'm on the uh, Toy Story Four marathon right now. Hannah is obsessed with so Ford. good. I just watched it. I love those movies, dude. I know they're. they're I, I respect how they take ten years between each one, or whatever the duration is. Yeah. And they're so smart too. There's so many Easter eggs. Oh, it's it's, it's like a library. You can watch it over and over and over, and you feel like you're watching parts that you didn't see the, the time before. Yeah, you're picking up. It's like watching Back to the Future in a way where you like, if you watch it enough, you pick up different things. You're like, oh, yeah. Uh, not to bring up Sons of Anarchy for the fourth time, but Kurt Sutter was fired from Disney uh, as a showrunner from the Mayans after Disney acquired the rights because right. they weren't going his direction or whatever. Who knows? So then he tweeted out, uh, I'm going to do my own show, Hit, it involves Harleys. And I just wanted to be like, you need to stop with the Harley thing. It's a very niche market. Uh, who still thinks this is like a great idea? Like like, like superheroes, okay, you could, you could go a million different ways, and if it's good, it's going right, to hit. Right. Like uh, sports uh, films are on the up and up right now. Um, right. Ben Affleck's coming out with one. There's like five oh, coming out that this looks year. good. Looks great. But the, the Harley thing, it's like I'm doing my own with Harleys. And it's like, it's a very niche market. It's not it's like, doing well. Do you really want your legacy to be... <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, 
did you did you see the trailer for the Ben Affleck movie though? Yeah, looks and, great. Uh, I I respect him. You know, like he's uh, you know, fame swooped him up and threw him around and spun him around on its finger and body slammed him and you know he he Lost knows. He knows that he fucked up. Campbell Clutch, even. <laughs> and, and he's, you know, and this movie, I think, is super, like, uh, I think he's doing, like, the therapeutic thing. Like, you know, almost yeah. like Rob, Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark. Like, I can control myself. Yeah, he's doing his thing. It's like a, yeah. it's like a therapy session. It's like an exercise for him. Yeah. It's true. I want to see it. I'm really but, excited. Yeah. Go on, I'm sorry. After... Uh, New Mutants on April 3rd. We wait only a month's time to May 1st. Black Widow, the second female-led solo movie from the MCU after Captain Marvel, set between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, will have ramifications primarily in the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus show that we'll get to in a bit, but will also affect the movies from the past that will cause us all to go back and rewatch and enjoy in a different way i don't think they're just going to pop out a standalone black widow movie without it having a lot of tentacles connecting to what else is going on i think the villain from it is going to show up again taskmaster i don't know if you saw the trailer yeah but if he i think either fights or like sees a fighter he can like within seconds like mimic everything they can do uh, in the trailer, he like steps on the shield and picks it up, just like Cap. Yeah, I think so, they're gonna paint a very vivid backstory with yeah. uh, segues of explanations, like a, a cut from the past to the present kind of thing. With that, yes. just to paint paint a very vivid picture. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Yeah. And that I comes out May, uh, right? David Harbour's character is in the movie. Uh, he plays the Red Guardian. He's basically the other Russian version of Captain America, who wasn't like brainwashed. Uh, he is rumored spoilers this is a possible spoiler somebody dumped this on my channel a month or two ago stating that his character dies and i said no way i think he's going to have his own thing i think he's going to join the avengers because the actor is so good they are going to write something for that actor because he's so hot right now he's especially especially with the stranger things 4 trailer it's just him Loved it. Yeah, it's just him working on a railroad. He's he's Bald. great. Yeah, he's he's so hot right now. It's funny too because he's like an older guy so that did was a supporting actor and like a far-reaching supporting actor before. Like he was in like a lot of good movies like Parkland and stuff. But he was always that. But then he came out of nowhere and he owns it. And he kills it. He's such a good actor. Parkland is the one with uh, Tom Hanks produced it. It's with Paul Giamatti. It's about the Kennedy assassination and the hospital that treated him. Like I can't believe I'm saying the Zac Efron's in it. He's like brilliant in it. It's such a great film. It's it, it was like an art house film. It was a independent, released in like thirty screens kind of thing. Did it make money? Like one of those passion projects. It's one of the best oh. movies ever. It's so accurate. It's about the uh, Zapruder tapes that filmed the Kennedy assassination. The guy oh. that actually shot the video you see, the only video of Kennedy getting shot. It's about him. Right. Billy Bob Thor can like see his head coming off and his yeah. wife grabbing it and trying to put it back on as if it was like his, his hat. It's such a powerful film, but it's oh. amazing. But yeah, but he's in that. He plays uh, Ron oh. Livingston's in it. Uh, 
David Harbour plays the uh, FBI chief, but he's such a good actor. And uh, yeah, he's so hot right now. Both, so hot uh, right now. Both uh, cinematically and sexually. Uh, it's a great choice, though. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I'm, I'm, I don't go out to the movies a lot, but I'll probably go see that one with my oh, wife. Oh, man. Scarlett Johansson, she should have won an Oscar. She was nominated yeah. twice. But uh, yeah. the woman who won, I don't remember, but I know she deserved it. They were all good. But uh, yeah. she is so badass as Black Widow. And, and I mean, you know, that suit, great. that suit is basically painted on her. And she's got a whole bunch of different costumes in this one. And she looks oh. killer in all of them. So I can't wait. She's and awesome. I, and I think her co-stars, you know, like her other squad that she's with, I think one of them's going to continue on. I'm hoping for two. But one of them's going to be a... a uh, a snake, a rat, a mole. Yes. So keep an eye yeah, out. Hiding that. in the shadows. That's Those are just prediction. my predictions. That's a good prediction. After Black Widow, May 1st, we only wait another month till June 4th, Wonder Woman 1984. Gal Gadot. So Wonder Woman was set in uh, the World War One or Two, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, the Great War, World War One. And so they jump ahead in time, uh, set in 1984. She obviously looks the same because she's an Amazon. She lives forever. Amazonian princess. Steve Trevor. There's Chris Pine and Chris... Uh, Evans. Evans. And they are Steve Rogers and Steve Trevor. Chris Pine died in, fuck. in Wonder Woman 1. And there's also Scarlett Johansson who plays Black Widow and Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch. It's yeah. like a, it's almost like Dan Rather. Remember that in Wayne's World? What does he say? <laughs> no, Bob York, York, King York. York. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, the Dick York and Dick Sargent. Sergeant, Sergeant, Sergeant York. York. It blew my mind. I thought Sergeant. the same thing. I didn't think the same exact thought, but it was in the same universe. Like Chris Evans, Chris Pine, both play these characters, and then they're in the same thing. It's it's amazing. Scarlet Witch, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, Scarlet, Dick York, Dick like Sergeant, Scarlet. Sergeant York. Then there's like another thing. There's like so, yeah. Heather was like, "Wait, who's Black Widow? Who? What does she play? What's Scarlett Johansson's name?" It's it Natasha would, Natasha Romanoff and Wanda Maximoff. It would be like uh, the Samantha from the show Bewitched, meeting the chick from I Dream of Jeannie and coming in the same because they were both around the same time involving like yes. women that can yes. do special things. It would be like that kind of crossover. And then Alice from Brady Bunch. What? And she comes in and goes, Sam's giving me meat. By meat, I mean head. Whoa, Alice. Dick. Big things come in small packages. And then in July, all the way at the end of July, so a big, huge summer-long wait, July 31st, the uh, the human vampire, is a, the living vampire, Morbius. Uh, this movie has more hype than I have ever seen in a while, created simply by the trailer. It's because the dreamy Jared Leto's in it. He's dreamy. Well, Those not piercing only... piercing eyes. Not only is the trailer pretty sweet, uh, and how he explains his powers when he's like, I can phase, I have echolocation, and I have increased strength, obviously. But yeah, what made everyone go crazy and got the most views I've ever had on one of my uh, videos uh, reacting to the trailer is at the end, right? Uh, okay, right before the end, they show Jared Leto walking down the hall 
walking down the street and spray painted on the wall is a spray painting of Spider-Man. And spray painted on top of that is the word murderer, which coincides with the end of Spider-Man Far From Home when J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Rowling, who's now been J., who's been that character in two different Spider-Man universes, and uh, Mysterio out Spider-Man, they, they tell the world his name is Peter Parker, and they alter tape and footage to make him look like a murderer. You said J.K. Rowling? Not J.K. Rowling. J.K. Simmons. Oh, that's who I thought in my head. J.K. Rowling. The bald guy. No, yeah. but then I, I, no, I had to, I just, I was like, wow, Harry Potter, she's in we a... We are farmers. Dun, 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 dun. You know, he, he, he played the, uh, you know, the boss of Peter Parker at the newspaper. He's and, great at that, too, where and, I saw what you were talking about when you talked about that in a previous show. You know, he has like, like that guy. Chat. Yeah, he's the same yeah, yeah. character. It's so weird. But I saw the trailer with Murderer on there, though. There's yes. so many implications of that. It's a really cool shot. And then at the it's end, really, at really the crazy. very, very end of the trailer, you hear... Giving up on all that superhero stuff, huh? What's up, Doc? And they show you from Spider-Man Homecoming in the same outfit he was wearing at the end credit scene, the vulture from the Spider-Man movie played by Michael fucking Keaton, tying Morbius into the MCU, and now the possibilities are endless. They're endless, and they're, they're, uh, they're, they're inevitable. Like, you had, they have to, like, explore this territory and divulge on these this ground and the formation of the sinister six continues because scorpion was in the jail he came up to the vulture and was like yo i know some people that want to kill spider-man and now morbius who is a villain in the comics he is in that same world and vultures in it so two months later we have a two-month gap you know the end of summer beginning of uh, fall gap uh venom 2 Woody Harrelson as Carnage, who is like a super-powered symbiote, uh, like a Venom, but crazy. Yeah. And Tom Tom Holland has been rumored as Spider-Man to be in the movie as well. I loved Venom 1. It made $800 It tore it up, and the new one has – do you know who the director is of the new one? Andy Serkis. Yes. Which would be really interesting because that – talk about an evolution. I know of a guy that just used to do CGI stunts to becoming he's like on the forefront of a lot of the stuff. It's amazing. And uh, he Tom Hardy's is always good. He is the master of CGI on a person. You know, like he was Schmeagel. He, he uh, who else? I mean, he's like everyone. Like I don't have it. On yeah, the top like of my head Planet right of now. the Apes, King Kong. He he Caesar. wrote the book on CGI. Caesar. No. And he even played Ulysses Claw. Yes. Uh, in Black Panther and in Guardians. <clears throat> they're going to keep pushing the envelope uh, of what they're going to do in this. You know, you're, you're talking about uh, Morbius, uh, yes. the expanded universe. They're gonna, yes. There's so many possibilities that they, they can cross over with and that they can explore that there's really no, like, uh, there's no shortage of shit that they can pull off. It's going to be really incredible. No, there's no short game is what I'm trying to say. It's all like a bigger picture that's just needs to be explored. I feel like yes. it's going to create the Sinister Six as this 
as like suicide suicide squad should have done you know with separate movies and they're all going to have to take on carnage and spider-man's going to help them that's just my oh. loose my loose guess who knows how it'll all go down oh, uh, john and, knows and after october we go right into november with the eternals the eternals are kind of unknown but like super important characters in the uh, marvel world They've been around for like 15,000 years. They were created by the Celestials, these like godlike characters. The big news with this movie is that <clears throat> it's obviously part of the MCU, but it includes a cast that's like insane. And I wonder what kind of contracts they've signed. Selma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Kumail Nanjiani, Richard Madden, and from Game of Thrones, Kit Harrington, who's not an eternal, but he'll be uh, the character the Black Knight who's in the movie the fact that they got angelina jolie and salma hayek i know two of the hottest women in the world whatever your opinions are on angelina jolie she's still one of the hottest women in the world oh uh, yeah and a great actress well in some great movies, she's good yeah right um the fact they got those two on screen and kit harrington and uh who and was the other person you john said? snow and rob stark richard cut I would bet it's like a limited contract where they're like, yeah, we're going to be a part of something huge that's going to have multiple sequels right. that let's just like get on board. Like, Angela Jolie's kind of cold right now just because yeah. she's had so much shit going on in her life. Oh, uh, right. The big you know, like she, she doesn't really do kids. like a lot of movies anymore. This is, I think this is going to be like her return back to like the forefront because like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, she was the highest paid actress on the planet. She could ask for anything she wanted, they would give it to her. Uh, and she's cooled off because, like, you know, stuff happens. But I think this is going to be like her way back in. Uh, I've been really curious about this one. Yeah, I guess you know she was like a mother for a while and like very active in like you know spreading her money around in a good way. It seemed. Who yeah. She, no, she said she did a third of every film. She didn't say it. I mean, she did. She did a third of her paycheck of uh, all the all the money she made from acting whatever project to charity which is like more than most people do it's pretty cool i think it's if i was making 20 million a film yeah i'd give half of it to to add awareness um so and we at, forget to cash the check you still have it they'd, they'd be like, we're gonna cash these donations hey macarena now winded between uh before venom actually uh and actually Okay, so in September, so Venom's in October, but in September, Disney Plus will roll out Falcon and Winter Soldier, who are Captain America's two best friends, who are, uh, you know, Cap hands over the shield to Sam, to Falcon, and is like, you know, try it on, see if you want to be the new Cap. And Thunderbolt Ross is like, well, yeah, you can have the shield, but you got to take the super soldier serum. And Sam's like, no, I haven't used that. And I, that's my guess. That's just like what my guess this, this show is going to be about the government wanting to like jack him up and pump Good him call. full of that gunk. And he's like, no. So then they're going to make a new cap. Who's this character named us agent. And, uh, oh. Baron Zemo. What does that's he say? Mission report, December 16, 1991. He says that a hundred times in Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, or Civil War. 
and he's the villain in that. He's coming back. And it's also it's also going to start the Thunderbolts, uh, a, a group of bad guys, including the Red Hulk, because Thunderbolt Ross is the Red Hulk. Thunderbolts. At my guess, he tries to pump himself with that super soldier serum, and it's in like a gamma ray container. Like, Ooh. so he turns into like the Incredible Hulk, but he like emits heat or something. And that's going to launch that. That's going to like bring that into. To the forefront is what your prediction is. That's a good one. John knows. That's why you're the comic, John. No one knows better. And then, also in November, WandaVision. Oh WandaVision. If you've seen the trailer for this, it's like a 15-second trailer for Disney Plus's uh, Marvel shows. There's like this shot where it's like, psh, 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 and it shows her in like the Brady Bunch, in Roseanne, in another show in another show like real quick and she's like what the hell good analogy the i did see it because of you i get all my comic news from you you talked about that that's it that great analogy it's gonna be it's gonna be such a cool show because wanda's super depressed so she's imagining this world but she doesn't have control over her insane ability yet and she accidentally like creates this pretend world that she thinks she's living in and it splits a hole in this whatever the space time continuum reality and opens up a hole into the multiverse and everything just goes insane. And that will lead. Yes. That will lead. That will end in November, maybe December. And then in February, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings, it's not going to like directly connect, but you'll know what's going on. Like, It'll probably be a lot of like in the past and leading up to present, and then the multiverse from Wanda will filter right into that because you know they're all in the same universe. And then the Loki Disney Plus show will come out. Loki's got the space stone from Avengers Endgame in 2012 when they traveled back in time. He picked it up because they all fucked up, and he's jumping all around. And there's these theories that he's also jumping around through time. So I don't, Ooh. I don't know, I don't know how that happens unless. Somehow he uses the space stone in 2012 to jump to where Bruce Bruce Banner's getting it from the uh, you know Doctor Strange's boss I forget her name and he that steals would connect the dots and he steals it and then he has the time stone and the space stone and that would be insane because that will lead right into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness in May on May 7th 2021. And that will conclude the multiverse arc. And you just heard it from the comic John first, because that's probably what will happen. And it's February 27th, 2020, the original recording date of where that prediction was laid for. And uh, following May 7th will be July 3rd, Spider-Man 3. The subtitle has not been made. It will be the penultimate Phase 4 movie blending back into Mor- Morbius and Venom. So I think it'll start off with like the ramifications of the multiverse of madness and then set up more Sony stuff. I think that's like what their movies are going to be like. It's setting Uh, it up. And and then November 5th, Thor, Love and Thunder. Will this be the end of Thor? It's his fourth standalone movie, which nobody has. Yeah, it is is four. Purely because of Hemsworth, Taika, and and their genes. I don't think it'll be the last one. 
I hope not. I think he said with this reinvention of the character, they're going to make a couple more, you know, cutting his hair off, making him fat, like just changing him up from the boring long They're going to switch blonde. it up. What, how long, what is the timeline, you think, before they reboot Thor? From if, once if it, let's came. say it's his last one. Let's say it's his last one. Could you imagine a Thor without Hemsworth? There's not a better looking man on the planet that's more like cut. Like, there's not a there's not a better looking man on the planet who's that funny, like he oh, can, he's great he can deliver funny son lines. of a bitch. <laughs> he's like, oh, you didn't smash anything. I kicked your ass out there. You cheated. Yeah, baby the, arms. The opening of Ragnarok is like just pure comedy gold. You know, he's like son of a bitch, and and, and, and you know the lava and everything. It's he's like, uh, oh, he's, he's, he's a great a actor too. He's great at, at everything he does. Like I love the movie Rush. It's like one of my favorite films. Like he's awesome. He's just so likable, and like he just you, you believe him. I guess which is what an actor should do. He's great. I don't Thor. know. Thor. Thor. Oh, the son, son of Odin, Surtur, son of a bitch. But then he's like in the very beginning. He's like, I know what you're thinking. Oh no, Thor's in a cage. Well, <laughs> right. Some sometimes you have to get caught in order to get a straight answer out of somebody, and then uh and then he's like, he it like opens and he swings down and he's hanging from the chain like with his arms and it wrapped around his waist so and good. he's like laying sideways, and he's talking but he's also spinning. He's like, I'm not even doing this. It's just doing it on its own. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. It's great. Yeah, it's great because they downplay like theatrical like cheesiness. They make fun be. of it. Yeah. Right. Right. It works. That whole like from whence it came, they right. like. Do they like mock it in the opening like ten minutes? And Matt Damon is you know has a cameo, and they're like retelling Thor one or two. Right, it's so great. It works very well. That's Taika for you, Latiti. Yeah. So yeah. that will do it for the Comic John 2020-2021 recap or preview. That's what I want to call it. 2020-2021 comic book movie preview. Cabaracha. Thanks for watching. Bye. I love you. Peace. That was a live version of the comic, John. I need, oh. I need some sarsaparilla. That was a parachute podcastle past. I love parachute parachute. podcastle. Video. Just call us the 101st Airborne because we parachute over this. <laughs> Uh, before we wrap it up tonight, I want to get your uh, want to pick your dick on something. Oh, prickle away! You're a Star Wars guy. I uh, I read an article in the Dick Feed the other day about how so the title was a bit of a of, it was a huge stretch, so I had to read it. it was ten things that prevented uh, Revenge of the Sith from being the best Star Wars movie ever. Now, uh, the reason I say far fetched is as a as a Star Wars fan, I've seen all the films, uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I'm not an expert on them. Uh, Empire right. Strikes Back is one of the best films of all time ever. It's a land, it's so a landmark good. film. It's so but good it, the more you watch it. But I think it is, yeah. Jed and I watched it New Year's Eve after the ball drop. We watched Empire Strikes Back. She had it's seen a tradition. it in twenty years. It's great. Yeah, I, I actually quoted you too. I said, John says we're married now. This is a tradition. We're doing this. So we, we always have sex after we go to your parents' house in the car. No. Yeah. Uh, but but we were talking about we were watching Empire Strikes Back. And I read this article the other day how Revenge of the Sith, ten things that prevented it from being the best. Star I'm interested Wars. in this because it has some I'm of the best in what you think moments. About. 
that movie has some of the best moments of all of Star Wars, in my opinion. The action in that those movies and the conversations between the Emperor and Anakin and even uh, Samuel Jackson's performance. It's like he came to fucking play in that one. Before Based. you could tell, he was like, I can't believe I'm in a Star Wars movie. I know I'm Sam Jackson, but this, yeah, is, yeah. Still, this is bigger than me. Fuck. Right. It's like... Uh... It's like you and McGregor in interviews. He would like bring out the lightsaber and he's like, I can show you how to do a lightsaber. I can do this. You ever see interviews with you and McGregor? He's like, I can do the sound effects of my mouth. They were so excited just to be in a Star Wars movie. Yes. Uh, but but this article we're, we're saying, so Empire Strikes Back, I think most people agree was the best Star Wars film. Uh, it's arguably one of the best films of all time. So I don't know what happened in Revenge of the Sith that could prevent that could make this, if they took it out, would make this better than Empire Strikes Back. But it was actually a good argument. And they were talking kind of what you just said. One of the scenes was Vader, which, again, I've only seen the prequels once. I've seen Phantom Menace maybe twice. Uh, the scene where Vader becomes Vader is, is amazing, where the mask comes on. But then he gets up and he does that, no! which really hurt the scene. No! And it's like... <laughs> It's painful to watch him say that, but they said in the article, if they didn't do that, that would add to it being one of the greatest films because George Lucas was so adamant about him saying no like that. But most people would think, well, he's he's enjoying the dark side. He's Vader. They had to. Why is that? Okay. Well, it's like, okay, he's not like immediately Vader. Like he still has like some emotion like trickled off. But it's like Lucas didn't consider. It's like, yes, I know Lucas is thinking inside his head, you know, inside that helmet, it's Anakin. And he's going, no, but it's James Earl Jones going, no. So it's going to sound silly, you know. It's a good take on it. And they should have just had him fucking light up a lightsaber and kill the two like guards that were there. And like the emperor would be like, <laughs> you know, like in there, he's like just a fucking killing machine. Now. That's a really good point because I think it was James Earl Jones's voice, you know, that killed that because you, you see him as infinite. You see Darth Vader. That voice is infinite. You don't see that voice yelling and going, no. You hear that voice. You hear that voice saying, you're part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. That's the most most he yells. Do you think uh, Revenge of the Sith is the best of the prequels, in your opinion? Yeah. You're the expert. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't have the pod race. That's pretty cool, right? Pod race is unbelievable. Uh, it is weird because those ships are built like so bad. If you really go back and look at the like pods, the pod racers, it's like the dumbest technology ever. But uh, you know, it's a different universe, so technology is different. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Revenge of the Sith has some of the best scenes ever. I mean, we have Yoda versus the Emperor. We have. Uh, oh, that scene is so good, and the foreshadowing. Oh, Obi-Wan versus Grievous. We have Anakin and Obi-Wan versus Dooku, and Anakin chops his head off. We have Mace Windu versus the Emperor. We have Anakin. We have Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi in the most legendary fight in the history that explains why Anakin is in the Darth Vader suit in the first place. Because I have the high ground. And that... And that scene too, where the transformation begins, 
you know, brings, I hate you. brings the medical, you know, capsule or portal or whatever to, to get him. And you're like, oh, no, this is how they're building him. And uh, it's one of the top five. It's like that for me, the top in the top five is that the scene in Rogue One where, you know, Vader, of course, like takes out all the guys beginning of A New Hope and where uh, he fights Skywalker. Like those three give you goosebumps. And I'm not even a big Star Wars guy. I'm just like a movie guy. Like, like I love I love the Star Wars movies. They're they're great films, but I'm not like a huge fan where I like watch them all the time. But right. those those scenes for me give me goosebumps. They're like I watched it like three times at work this week in earshot of like superiors of uh, those Vader clips because they're just they're they, you just like want to watch them. Sorry. I think uh, no, it's a fine, um, uh, but the. Uh, I do it. The scene, the scene with Vader in Rogue One, it was like I can't imagine what the the writers' room, like whoever came up with that idea, like they were probably flipping out and also terrified that like the fans were going to be like what the fuck this is stupid cuz they like oh, tease yeah. they like they tease you with him in the middle of the movie and he he makes a joke and you're like uh what are you fucking doing he's like D- D- director try not to choke on your aspirations yeah that's what it was it was like uh make it go this way Vader's making quips like what the fuck and then they gave us that scene and they knocked it out of the park and it was like a wet dream of Star Wars pure fan service and I I remember in the theater thinking when it was happening I'm like is this actually happening is this actually real I'm like in a dream do I need to wake up what about no that's that's so true but uh you, you would have done that differently though what? like a true fan no. The way that all played out. No, I would have made it last longer. That's the only way I would have made it. Like I would have had him like having four guys up against the wall, and then like throwing more guns back and like force the door open. Like he can't just like get the door open, you know? Like it was like, oh, we're right there. No, they got away with the key because the door almost closed. I think he was getting close to there anyway. That's right. And then they unlocked it and he got away. But uh, and then at the end when the music sounded like it was gonna do. Dun, 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 dun. It like changed. I was like, no. I think they hit it at it, and it, it the worked. Whole thing, Giacchino. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think in uh, Attack of the Clones, they hinted with the like the bars, like John Williams's theme, uh, the, the right amount. But in Revenge of the Sith, they should have just played it. But they were like, just tease it again. And you're like, no, but it's already in motion. Why wouldn't you? Through the whole way, much like the other one of the other things, is Count Count Dooku, his death was too easy. Do you think if his death was more prolonged, it would have been a better film, John? Given the history and his underperformance in uh, Attack of the Clones, I would have preferred more Dooku and less Grievous. Even though Grievous was really cool, uh, you got a lot of them. You could have taken some time away and kept Dooku around longer because. I love that actor from Gremlins too. <clears throat> yeah, that's also on this on this list of things. There was too much screen time of Grievous. Yeah, he was on there a lot, and he didn't need to be, even though he was really cool. Dooku was great, but that just showed. Said that it it just showed that 
Anakin was like just a fucking badass. Like he had surpassed Obi-Wan, who's like his trainer, like already. So, and Dooku felt it. He's like, whoa, you are like nuts. And with Obi-Wan's kind of help, Dooku's no match for them. No. But I think I just would have liked to see more of them. They could have prolonged that a little. Yeah, that's that's what the that's what these these experts. Yeah, yeah, these experts. Saying. You're 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 more of an expert than any of these guys. But that's true, though. What uh, you just said. Also, you know, the experts. It's some guy in his basement losing his mom. But it's like you just have it imprinted on your memory two thousand times, and I have it imprinted like two hundred times. Right, because you watch the other one. Because I, yeah. Because you watch everything, which is great. But you, but it's true though. The dude. And I've had time, sex. You've had sex a lot. You have kid. You have a kid. I mean, there's proof that you actually have had sex. But the uh, the the Count Dooku though, uh, being too short and the um, grievous, grievous too long. Uh, it's funny you said that because I watched it. I actually watched that for the first time back in December. I went through a weekend of watching all the all the films again or for the first time. Mm-hmm. The only the only thing I ever saw was Phantom Menace prior, and I thought the same thing. Like, oh wow. Kind of, they're kind of focusing on this guy a lot. Yeah, it's like he is cool, but he's like a robot. He's like a human, or he's like a living thing, and he's like so much robotic. It's hard to connect to him. I like his cape and his cough, and I like how he talks, Kenobi. Him and Obi-Wan's fight was crazy. Uh, you know, when his arms come up and they separate, and he's got four yeah, it's uh, crazy. lightsabers spinning. Like, that's nuts. Uh but yeah, uh, it was a bit much. I, I like Dooku. I like that actor, and I like his. his yeah, he's light, a great actor. His lightsaber fighting style, like when him and Yoda go at it in the second one in uh, uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, he's really he's really cool. He's got a cool style. It works his history's really well. interesting. He just drifts away from the Jedi because he was originally a Jedi trained by Yoda. Yoda, he Do drifts you... away. Do you think, just to cap up this this conversation on uh, Revenge of the Sith, do you think it would have been, I don't know, top three if they made these, had they made these amendments to the script? Uh, I, I thought there was ten amendments. How there's many, ten. How... I, did, I didn't want to go, go through them all, waste your time. I was, waste my time. What all else right. do I have to talk about? What else so, to do? Go. Go so, not talk about this? Well, I'm legitimately curious about this because when I was reading it, uh, some of it I understood. I mean, I, I've seen the film. Some of it I, I don't know if I agree with, but for someone that's an expert uh, on the subject, so, so the subject what was, data. What was the first one? Uh, like the number one is, is Darth Vader's no. Okay, yeah, they, his they no think, is so stupid, and I wanted to go back to that because— I think that was terrible. I, I don't think it was good. They added a no— after this to like kind of like balance it and they were like well no he said no before and they added in a no from the greatest scene ever when vader's looking at luke and looking at the the emperor before it was just silence and he was just like thinking and you got that you understood by his head moving back and forth you didn't need and they added in no 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 yeah well that was like an afterthought Ooh, like like a baby, and, like and, and the stormtroopers people are like looking around, and you're like, like "Yep, he, it's him saying it. He's right in front of you." And they're like, "Look, who's saying that? It's him. It's the guy you just you know." So the no, up. the no is up there. 
Okay, we mentioned the short time of Dooku. Dooku, right. Dooku, short, short. time. Agreed. Uh, okay, here's one. Uh, but on his, death, his, death, his death wasn't too easy, Dooku. Anakin was just fucking on fire at that moment. Right, so, literally. So, okay, what was the third uh, one? Okay, so the third, well, I'll, I'll just do it in order now. The third one is uh, Padme's, Padme Amidala's death. If she did not die where they went and prolonged it, would have made it a better film worthy of the best Star Wars film ever. Right. She should have been alive while Anakin was Darth Vader. Like she should have survived childbirth, lived for like a year or two. And then they ship those two off because, you know, in the movie they talk about like, I have a vague memory of my mom, but I don't really remember. Like Luke remembers nothing. Leia's like, "Uh, I don't really remember much. And she'd be living with Darth Vader, that like monster, like trying to survive, like as a family. And and he's like, no, I have to destroy the galaxy. Fuck off. Good point. They should have did something where it was prolonged and she could like witness that and there would be some kind of, you know, disapproval or struggle there. And then she like abandons him when he like goes nuts and he like catches her and she dies. And that would have added to the fuel. Good point. And Obi-Wan ships her off and then he disappears. Very good point. Uh, I'm very interested you're you're taking this. Uh, Here's another one. This is kind of vague, but they cut cool things out of the the, the films. Uh, The argument is that Revenge of the Sith is such a strong movie, and in the eyes of many Star Wars fans, it comes close to perfection. I don't know how true that is, but um, George Lucas, this is kind of a behind-the-scenes one, but George Lucas apparently cut a lot of cool scenes out of the film and left a lot of shitty ones in. I guess I wouldn't really know, and you wouldn't know unless you've seen these cutscenes. But according to original script uh, drafts, screenplay drafts, uh, they cut a lot of stuff out. Well, I don't know what that means. Mm, and I know what that like, means. They I don't, don't know like what describe what happens. Like no, no it's a it's a wasted. No. All right, yeah, we'll skip a, that. One. We'll do we'll do nine filler. things. Uh, next one is the big bad. Unanswered question. Revenge of the Sith did, however, fail to answer one big question. Given how big uh, Anakin is, uh, there was no father. Right. Is that something that hurts the film? Uh, to me, as a, again, a Star Wars fan, I love the films. I'm not an expert in the universe. I, don't th- I think it's better he doesn't have a father because it shows him godlike as infinite as no one created him he's universal uh even though he was a child a sweet little boy it doesn't show his origins it leaves it open to like it, it shows him as infinite is my opinion. well i i thought i thought it was that you know because they made the decision of introducing the midichlorians into the star wars universe that is basically your gives you the boss <laughs> it's yeah it's like you're you're genetically your genetic count yeah in your DNA that you're born with that uh, shows your ability to become a Jedi and to manipulate the Force. Like, there's different levels. People are born with different levels of midichlorians in their body, in their blood. Uh, Darth Vader. Anakin is the most. Yoda's... Yoda and Yoda's species are known as having the absolute most. So Anakin having higher than Yoda was like, what... And yes, there's no father because I think the force just created him inside her. 
Wow. Good call. They, they, the like, kind like, of infiltrated her, her, her lo- bosom. Her loinage. Her bosom. Her bosom. And that's how he was incepted. And they kind of. Good call. Maybe that's probably what it is. There's all these hints out there, though, that the emperor manipulated midichlorians within a woman's womb and created Anakin Skywalker. But I don't know why he Uh, he wouldn't impregnate her himself because according to the Rise of Skywalker, he's had a daughter. He had a daughter. I wonder if that was... Sex. I'm sorry. I wonder if that was a conscious decision or like a writer's thing that they just did because that's a really interesting point well it's it's the idioticness of having two different writers write this sequel trilogy that they just did jj and ryan johnson like it it just shows yeah. you can't do it no matter how good they both are and how similar they both can be storytelling has to be very very like one or two guys three guys most together in a room forever Right, which is why it works when they do that. It's collaborative or solo, where it's the same... Uh, right, vision. It's, yeah, it's the same curated you know, library of, of ideas right. that it works. And, and, they, and if there's ever an issue, like we're talking about right now, one, it would be a checks and balances. Like, well, no, we'll, we established here, this is it. Where if you just throw the torch to the next person, it's like, well, we're just going to make fireflies here. It's like, but that doesn't exist. It's like, well, it does in my world. And then you have shit that comes out. I'm Fire using vague flies. examples, but yeah. No, uh, I, uh, that's a good point. I'm gonna have to isolate this whole segment for uh, for another show. I think. No, I was uh, just for thinking, its own show. It, it, this is this is worthy of its own respect. Yeah, I was just thinking. I'm like, I think we have. I have like two different or three different videos I, I can post. Yeah, I think I think this one is is its own beast. It's uh, a spectacular beast. The next one, Jonathan, it's a it's a beast of it's a burden it's a beast of burden. Uh, love has blinded you, John. So in Revenge of the Sith, this comes fairly early on. Anakin has just successfully crash landed Dooku's cruiser and rescued uh, Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine is Darth Sidious, right? From I'm, I'm not that's not in the article. I'm just reminding myself. Right, you're right. He's from the clutch the clutches of the Separatists. Ah, the Sidious. Now, uh, the first night back out of fighting in the Clone Wars for months, uh, he comes back. He crashes in his baby mama's apartment for a romantic, relaxing evening. The question, the moment in question during this isolated incident, Revenge of the Sith, that if it were omitted would make it a better film, is uh, Anakin is creepily watching Padme's uh, brush her hair out in the balcony. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She explains she wants to have the baby and all this stuff. In Naboo. Uh, Atticus explains how beautiful she is. Padme retorts, you know, it's because she's in love. There's a very awkward contest of who loves who more here. Uh, it seems very juvenile. Like, people were, the writers were just throwing this out. Like, let's make a love scene. But for whatever reason, in this list of expert panelists, this uh, love I remember the scene. It was pretty cheesy. It hurts the film. Yeah. Their chemistry was kind of clunky. It was only good when they were like fighting together. And forced. Uh, 
Yeah, like even in the second in Attack of the Clones, there's is that what it's called, Attack of the Clones? Yeah. He's talking about sand and how it's coarse and it gets everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's like shut your mouth. She she doesn't like you. This is a this is a movie. I'm out of it. You know, like their chemistry was crappy. I think that's why Hayden Christensen gets so much shit. Uh, so I think they really wanted it to matter and him becoming Darth Vader keyed so much on her death, like turning him to the dark side, like that final, like, fuck you, you assholes. Yeah. The final blow, you know, my wife is dead. Oh my God. I don't care. The Jedi betrayed me and blah, blah, blah. Yes. So that was their weak attempt. I feel like they could have just, plug Natalie Portman and even though she was pregnant into a little more action and build that relationship through the, the fighting. Yeah. Cause opposites attract it when there's like friction, you're more drawn to each other in a sense where there's like a stronger need for resolve where I watching it for the first time. I, I did feel like it was a little forced. Yeah. Uh, it was a little cheesy. Like, so bad. okay, I, I get it. I get uh, it. Titanic just came out a few years ago. Let's do this. But I did love how Palpatine was a prisoner of the Separatists who were being manipulated by the Emperor. He was like, he was, he used himself, like he played two different characters and manipulated two different groups. Yeah, it's good writing. To hoist him to the top and create the first galactic empire. It worked. Uh, uh, Two more on this list, Jonathan. He's the biggest villain. Pad, speaking of Padme, which sounds like a great Thai dish you would order at Jasmine Thai Cuisine. Like, I'll take the chicken Padme. Uh, pa- no, no, Padme. No, Padme. No spring Queen Amadala. Like, come on, George. Jeez. <laughs> he was really digging deep. Uh, in the film, Jonathan, she lost her will to live. Right. If she went a different way, Maybe as foreshadows as the has predicted or suggested, would that have helped the film if she did not give up in the sense of her will to live? Yeah, yeah, I, I swear, I think they should have had her with him for like a year or two of, of raising Luke and Leia as Darth Vader, trying to be this galactic, you know, Sith Lord, you know, yeah, Sith Lord. And a father of two, uh, married. It would have just been horrible, horrible. You know, you you do it for the the latter half of the movie, and it ends with her being killed and the twins being separated and shot across the galaxy to Alderaan and Tatooine. Which works as a perfect climax anyway, and an end cap to it. Right. Like, that's that's great in its own, if you went that route. And we watch Rogue One, then we watch A New Hope, and it's all gravy. It's all gravy. It's all Thanksgiving Day gravy with, with beer and fights and tears. I mean, I mean, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes. John, the high Political ground. Political and religious arguments. Political and religious arguments, yeah. Trump's doing great. Fuck you, Dad. Why can't we just get our Black Friday coupons ready? Solar uh, power. Solar power. It's going to cost jobs. The high ground, Jonathan. Uh... I think we both agree, most people agree, that the, the climactic fight between Obi-Wan 
at Atticad was pretty good choreographed wise, uh, choreography wise. Pretty good. Would it have made it better though if they weren't surrounded by uh, fields of lava, and they would have been somewhere on an elevated platform? This one's a little bit of a bigger stretch, but according to this article of uh, Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith, things that would have made it the best movie ever. Do you think, John, if the final battle between Anakin and Obi Wan were fought similar to Empire Strikes Back, somewhere on higher ground? would have helped the the film no i disagree with this one wholeheartedly because guess what everyone would just talk you know it wasn't written anywhere it wasn't explained in any of the movies you just knew that there was a man under that black suit who had seen and fought and been in some shit and that most of his main injuries came from this crazy fight with obi-wan kenobi it was almost like the fans created yeah. that, but then forced it to be part of like the story that was told on like the back of toys, where like characters that were in the background got. Oh amazed, shit! You know. Yeah. And, and so you were like, "Oh man, I wonder what that. Well, that must have been fucking awesome. Obi Wan must have been crazy back in the day." And what do they do? They put this fucking fight inside a volcano, and they fight <laughs> to the fucking death, almost. And Anakin tries to pull this jump over top of him, and he leaves himself wide open up in the air, and Obi-Wan slices him and chops off yeah. his one arm and both of his legs. Hey, fucked him up. And then he falls down the hill into lava, and the lava like touches him and then catches him on fire, and his whole back legs up his ass, up his back, up his neck, on top of his head, all on fire. Screaming, I hate you. Oh, it's brutal. The eyes. You, you were the chosen one. Oh, it's you brutal. To, you were supposed to put an end to the Sith, not join them. That's how I, I felt with all the like Catholic a brother, Catholic Anakin. Oh, it's brutal, too, with the eyes. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they start turning you. orange. Yeah. So, so you disagree with this one. I just love the, uh, the YouTube show, uh, channel, How It Should Have Ended their version of Revenge of the Sith. And Anakin's, it's that scene where Obi-Wan's like, don't try it, I've got the higher ground. <clears throat> Anakin goes, in this video, he goes, oh yeah? Well, I've got the lava ground. Lava ground, lava ground. <laughs> he starts throwing lava like with the force at Obi-Wan. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh. Lava ground, like LARPing. I have the lava ground, lava ground. <laughs> yeah, Fire, right. magic. Yeah, right. That's true though, that's so true. Magic wand, magic wand, magic book, magic, magic book, magic book wand. Fire, inhale, inhale. That's a good point, though. So you disagree with that one. That makes sense, though, what you just said. what It drives other, it home. What other, like, epic, dangerous, crazy, like, I feel like that's what I wanted. I wanted them surrounded by death, fighting to the death, and it ends in this crazy, like, mi uh, misguidance, like a young, like his youth. His youth did him wrong, and he didn't understand that, like, by jumping that way, no matter what, Obi-Wan had the advantage because he was leaving himself wide open. I, get close. I agree with you 100%. I never even thought about this, but the fact that they chose a lava ground, first of all, it is original. Uh, it would have been cheap effects if they just did it, like, you know, with a space background or something or on top of a, you know, whatever. Like, what uh, been more crazy? And then, yeah, but it's also very dramatic. And the other thing is, too, 
is it, it would have been too much like Empire Strikes Back if they did it with the same kind of backdrop. It feels like it would have been forced, like, well, let's just make it like Empire Strikes Back. Um, and they, they overemphasize, not overemphasize, but they do a good job of like foreshadowing just how fucking advanced Anakin is. So when Obi-Wan's like, holy fuck, like, uh, he's better than me. You know, it's not like a, a teacher and an apprentice. It's like Anakin already was better than him. So right. you were like, oh my God, like, even though I know how this turns out, yeah, because I've seen the other movies, it's still gripping. It's gripping, and also it works. The special effects would not have been there in nineteen in the in nineteen eighty nineteen seventy eight to do that kind of scene. So right. it, it was there, and it, it was appropriate. the The final one on this list is Anakin. Uh, Anakin kills the younglings. Uh. Easily the most disturbing moment of any Star Wars films, some might say. Uh, the younglings are terrified. They're hiding behind uh, Yoda's chair. Anakin kills him. Was this uh, hurtful to the film? Now, look, to me, uh, this is something that people bring up when they say Darth Vader is not redeemed at the end because he murdered children. And it's like, okay, but like he was being manipulated by the most evil being in the galaxy. So let's cut him a break. I feel like, uh, uh, okay, I've never even thought about it. I was just like, yeah, he was fucking nuts. He was Darth Vader. Like he doesn't care. Little kids, see you later. Get out of here. I don't want future Jedi. I'm I'm taking them out early. I'm going to kill you eventually. So I might as well just kill you now. Uh, But I don't feel like it was necessary to because it wasn't like equal it was like he killed them early in his turn to the dark side it's like whoa that's like all it took to get you there (laughs) even though i know he had been kind of building there uh, since he took out all the sand people when he found his mom in attack of the clones uh right you know it's like i killed them even the women and children but to kill yeah. this young Jedi, and he, uh, that's, it just felt like a bit of a reach in like his progression as a bad guy. It's like, whoa, he's Too there soon. already? Yikes. Too soon. That was a little early. It was a little early. But like it uh, again, I'm indifferent. I don't, I don't care. But that probably wouldn't have, if they omitted that part, it wouldn't have made it a superior film. It was completely and utterly unnecessary like i get it he's darth vader now you don't need to like punt in this last second right and he kills a bunch of kids it's like whoa now he's like hitler level yeah it's like a guy that has more money than you and he shows up in a lamborghini it's like hey i'm doing well you're like i get it i get it you don't you don't say or i mean you don't have to say that was the explanation from the the maestro himself john hassinger comic john uh lava ground lava ground Lava ground, lava ground, lava ground, lava ground. Force, force. If uh, that wasn't a force, that was a cappuccino machine. If uh, Revenge of the Sith changed some things, if it would have been the best film of all time and the Star Wars franchise, and the answer is no, according to this article. Dispute. The greatest franchise of all time. Greatest film in the franchise. If they omitted these scenes, oh, would it make it the best not. one? And the answer is no. no. Empire Strikes Back is still the best, right? 
in my opinion, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. Uh, I don't know, you know, the best is subjective, but obviously everyone has their favorites. I just love all... Return of the Jedi to me felt like three different movies. Uh, Empire Strikes Back has that feeling too, because, you know, they start in the snow, they end in, like, the clouds. Uh, But I just love Jabba the Hutt. I love the Ewoks. Same here. Uh, I love Yoda's last last words to Luke. Like it's just such words to live by. It's great. It's 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 aged. I think the best. Everybody was the most comfortable. The chemistry was the best. That you start off with Jabba the Hutt, the gangster. You end up on Endor in the the forest fights, and it, the whole thing is it's, it's like it's amazing. It's the version of Luke, akin to. Shawn Michaels at the Royal Rumble right after the Rockers broke up and he had oh, like yeah. his own. and he was like the Dude. badass like remember Luke in Return of the Jedi is like legit green lightsaber black suit with the black cloak and he's just like choking people with his hand just like his dad ah beautiful yeah and it introduces the new lightsaber he built the yes. new lightsaber which is yes. great my favorite lightsaber color by the yep. way, if you if you have the Force uh, unleashed on Xbox, the video game, there's a there's a code you could use if you're still stuck in 2012 video games like I am, where you can change the lightsaber and there's like different characteristics to each, which I didn't realize. That's an, that, oh yeah yeah they all like uh, it doesn't matter do what in the in the lore in the in the world in the you know space universe. The cinematic world, you know, the pretend world. You put a kyber crystal in there. It doesn't matter what color it is. The the lightsaber will light up to reflect you, and that's why Sam Jackson's is the only one that's purple because Mace Windu is the only one who can harness the light and dark side. Oh, until Ray. Pretty damn good. Yeah, the crystals. They talk about that. Tell Ray, of course. Can I ask you a final question of the Eve? Take me. The answer is out there, I know. I'm just not smart enough to find it. Why is there no gravity in space in the Star Wars universe? Is that just because that's the universe and it doesn't, it doesn't, the laws of physics to our world does not apply to Star Wars? Or do they ever, never explain that? What do you mean? So, why, like... Why is there gravity? So, yeah, there's no... There's, yeah, there's like gravity in the sense where there shouldn't be uh if it were like our world where like uh the ship could have like a dock open and stormtroopers could like oh, hang right, out yeah. there but they wouldn't be like flying and sucked out is that just cuz the laws the same phys- by the way they shouldn't it, it works they should not have that in the universe i'm just curious as a dickhead like why that yeah that's uh just doesn't apply uh, right yeah like um like you can put guess, your head out the window and you remember, would be fine. it's it's a long time ago. Oh, I know in, it's a galaxy in a, in a galaxy far, far away. So like maybe there's oxygen in their galaxy in their universe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying galaxy. there should be or they don't have this. I'm just curious. Was that ever explained? Like why or is no? It just... And and normally, you know, if they're in space, they have masks on or or helmets on but yeah not all the tie fighter pilots have anything on their mouth so i i don't know i think yeah, it's just it's a I mystery think it just apply. no i just i think they just threw that out 
tour. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and they, sh- they should. It wouldn't work. They, they can breathe. They can breathe. They, yeah, no, they, they should. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Take you'll this. Be... Take this plane into outer space. You'll you'll be fine. By the way, I think it's very cool. Uh, in the last few years, how they still use the same uh, technology, like Tie Fighters and stuff. They didn't. They didn't do what like most franchises do. We're like, we'll just give it something new. Like they did a little bit with lightsabers because you have to. You have to like evolve. Oh yeah. But they still keep it the same. They keep it true to the original storylines, which is so amazing. Because if you look at films made in like 1980, even Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, and then versus like 2016, you're like, that doesn't look realistic. Star Wars always looked realistic in the sense that uh, they keep everything you know linear, where it. It works. They don't. They don't do anything ridiculous. similitude. Yeah, it works. That's all I'll say. Oh my gosh, I think those lightsaber swords too cost like four hundred bucks. Oh my gosh, dude! I think they're like uh, two fifty. I think it's like two hundred to make one, and then if you want to, no, yeah, I think it's just two hundred. Expensive. You don't mess around. There it is. Let me get a shot of this before we sign off. This is a good one. This is the, uh, you know, as close as they can make it. Replica to Luke's. That's the real deal. Return of the Jedi. This I bought for $115 on Target. At Target on clearance. Oh, shit. There it is. Return of the Jedi. See, watches. There's yourself a new lightsaber. Impressive. Here, grab that screenshot, Clark. (laughs) Gold, Jerry. That'll be our show tonight from the gentleman in charge of discussing Star Wars and the expert on everything comics, Mr. John Hassinger, to the man in charge of discussing everything with his neighbor, Bill Comic who's indicted for wire fraud. I'm Matthew Clark. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nerd 35 and the Comic John. Good night, everybody. I love you. Godspeed. Bye.